1: to the brandon peters show and the summer of 93 at 30 series it's a summer of
2: 93 at
1: 30 weekend by weekend look at the movies released during the summer of 1993 as always with me for this adventure in watching and talking of things from 30 years ago from the rap it is scott mendelson Hello,
3: it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I have a cat right in the camera van, so that's all right. My that's not my pubic hair.
1: And now the all the people listening on Spotify are <laughs> closing that app and going to YouTube. <laughs> they did it. They did it. Um, Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> I've never said that on here, so you're the first, Scott. <laughs> all right. Also, of course, is Uh, The Laundry List writer of We Live Entertainment, a lot of other things, and Why So Blue Variety. Host of Out Now with Aaron, parentheses, and Abe. I think that's how he wanted me to say it. Aaron Newarth. Right here. Right here. How we doing? Not bad. Today we're discussing the weekend that was June 11th through 13th, 1993. Today we'll be discussing four films. Of course, this is the gigantic, first gigantic weekend, or expected Gigantic weekend, I guess, everybody cleared the way, so we're adding some films that may not have come out this weekend, but we're around in the summer, uh, some playing in one theater, because uh, this is the dinosaur weekend, the, the the one we've been building up to with dinosaurs, with Carnosaur, and Mario Brothers, was big, big Dino Summer, right, Aaron, was that what big it was? Big Dino Summer. No, another,
4: another. We got. I got two more this week. Because we got more stuff going on.
1: <laughs> we got more stuff. So yeah, get the biggie. It's the Jurassic Park week of the summer. the The, the crown jewel of it all is here in uh, this week of June. But before we get to that movie, at the f- tail end of this show, so you're gonna have to stay through all the three movies we will talk about, including one Aaron just loves Nazis
3: uh, first, then dinosaurs. <laughs>
1: God. sure thing. Uh, but was, uh, speaking of the Nazis, let's get to the news, right? <laughs> Jesus! Oh,
4: man. Remember 1993?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> when the Nazis came out. Jews. <laughs> <Yep. Down laughs> the
4: summer, more like the sound of music. Am I right? Oh, right. <laughs> Nazis. Uh,
1: did not see that coming. All oh, right, smash that subscribe button. <laughs> when I wake up, don't you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be
4: the man who brings the news to you. Commissioner Gary Bettman has just made the announcement for the whole world that the Canadians have won the Stanley Cup. And here's Captain Guy Carboneau with uh, Denny Savard right there. They love that little guy, don't they? Yeah, they
1: do. (laughs) All right. uh, June 7th, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame breaks ground for their museum in Cleveland, Ohio. Scott, did you go check out that? You lived in Ohio. I have been there
3: once or twice. It is fine. Well, the groundbreaking. Were you there?
1: No, no, I was. All I, right.
3: I waited. The museum was actually up and functioning. Gotcha. Well,
4: that does make sense because Cleveland rocks, I hear. So,
3: <laughs> All right. mistake by the lake, no longer.
1: All right. Uh, on June eighth, drag queen uh, Drag Queen RuPaul <laughs> releases their debut album, Supermodel of the World. Is that the one cover girl work. Wha- so, Is like spoken that was- with poetry yeah. on the Broadway? Work. Wha- was it like a big deal that like people like discovered RuPaul was a man in drag? Like, isn't that like she went on a talk show and like came out or something? Like, yo, I'm a man. I think I re- I I want to remember it was like on Oprah or something. This wasn't evident. I don't know.
3: I you know. <laughs> Again, it was it was one of those things that you know, I'm 13 years old and I'm like Okay, that's nice. Whatever.
1: Yep. i going go no. back to play my video games. Oh, neat, cool. So, also on June 8th, uh, Premier Mark Bazin of Haiti resigns. Good. Uh, yeah. 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 End of an era. June 9th, uh, Scott's favorite, the Stanley Cup Final, uh, Montreal Forum and Montreal, Quebec. The Montreal Canadiens beat the L.A. Kings four to one for a four to one series win. Canadians twenty fourth SC championship Stanley Cup championship suck at Gretzky because I was going to say is Gretzky still
3: playing? No the hell, American
4: yeah, hockey? I'm sure he was yeah, playing. The rocks. It wasn't a rocks. Wasn't the great one that week? Close <laughs> to the TV this,
1: <laughs> this is around that time. Remember we had that Saturday morning cartoon of like Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, and
0: oh po God, Jackson? yes, yeah. Pro Stars. Pro Stars. And let me
3: tell you, kids and whatever who is watching, it's even worse than you think.
1: That one and the and, WrestleMania one. There, we had those two. And you can wonder why we all like cried with
3: joy when like Batman the Animated Series and Animaniac showed up to rescue us from this Saturday morning cartoon hellscape that was the late '80s, early '90s.
1: Oh yeah. On June 11th, categories and Scrabble game shows air for the last time on NBC. I don't remember them at all. <laughs> Neither do I. I I saw that. I was like, what? So. <laughs> There was a primetime Monopoly game show that I watched for exactly one episode because it was boring and not fun. Mm-hmm. But so uh, this is a this is a good one that I this is a niche one that I remember it was a big deal back in uh, on June twelfth. Three Little Pigs by the band Green Jelly hits number seventeen, the highest of a chart. That song, the not by the hair of my chinny chin chin, they were the controversy. Uh, was the band was called Green Jello. They released everything out like Jello, and Jello was like, "Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Gelatin is the thing. Our company's Jello. Yeah. You don't have the right." So they had to change their name to Green Jelly <laughs> and they had to re-release everything. I mean
3: oh. They first tried with Green Kleenex, but then they got sued again. <laughs> right.
1: And Green Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember this being a thing, and it was just some like metal song where like that was going through the three little pigs thing. Um Played on my alt rock station a lot. They're too punk. Should though. I
4: mean, that just you know, it was a TM right above the Jello. It's not, it's not hard to find. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, they could have like maybe sold a cassette with uh, every. Yeah, make a deal with Jello. Yeah, yeah, make.
4: They'd it still deal. be around. Because mm-hmm. you, know you know who's around still? That's right, green jello. You know who's yeah. not around? Green jello, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Bill Cosby, he did a jello. Smash that like button. All right. <laughs> Contrary
3: to oh. what the court of appeal said, he did many, many jellos.
1: <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Uh, as we go from that to me, probably murdering a name here June 13th, Akbar Hashimi Rafsanjani is re elected the president That's- of Iran. That's Crushed at least it. partial credit. Crush that. Smash that Absolutely. like button. Absolutely. Smash that <laughs> like button. All right. And on June Subscribe th- or perish. <laughs> uh, uh, on June 13th, uh the same day, uh, L- at the LGPA Championship Women's Golf uh, in Bethesda, uh Patty Sheehan wins her fourth major title by one stroke ahead of runner up Lori Merton. Go hang with Gretzky, you loser. <laughs> I want <it. laughs> Also, finally, that day was a big day. Yokozuna beats Hulk Hogan to become the WWF, now WWE champ, because the World Wildlife Federation took fucking forever to tell (laughs) WWF, you know what? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, how long was WWF around before the World Wildlife Foundation was like, wait a minute. You know what? No.
4: They didn't they didn't catch on the on the on like, the friend. What is group. this
1: wrestling you speak of? What? Like, I that's always been bizarre it, to me. They
4: tied themselves together. And made a way better. De- you know, if Hulk Hogan came on, it's like, you got to save the animals, brother. Like yeah. that would have been like, <laughs> people would have did it. <laughs> they would have mm-hmm. listened. <laughs> you save the dogs and cats. And you go. Oh, yeah. Got to recycle plastics. Those go in the ocean. They affect the dolphins. Hey. You don't want to affect the dolphins, do you?
1: Man, A like macho, to you, brother. <laughs> macho man takes his slim jim action to the forest with the animals and nature. We just do it,
4: man. All right. the dolphins taken away by the Undertaker.
1: Yeah, yeah. So why not? So uh, notable deaths this week: uh, singer-songwriter Arthur Alexander, actress Re- Alice Reinhardt, actor Richard Webb shoots himself at age seventy-seven. Actor Ray Sharkey and astronaut Donald Deke. K. Slayton passes away oh, okay. this week.
4: K. Slayton, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Fred Ward, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, in the right stuff. <laughs> yes. So uh, the birthdays this week: people born, actor Jordan Fry, rapper Swayley, Lee, and auto racer Scott McLaughlin. There we are. Our people. That's our news of this week
4: way off. Gus Grissom's Fred Ward. It's another guy that's Deke Slayton. Mm.
1: I'll
4: get it. It's not Edward Harris, obviously. It's not one of the main ones. Whatever.
1: Gotcha. All right. (laughs) Well, yeah, we had more news stories than uh, theaters. Our first movie played in this week. We're going with Equinox.
2: What about these twin boys? Who are they? Who did they turn out to be? How much do they know? If they know anything. A shocking secret. Get back! Can we do you know him? No. A terrifying world. And two brothers separated at birth.
3: I'm told you were an orphan, but you didn't even know your old man or old lady. Is that
0: right? Does
3: that matter to you? My whole life seems to be taking place without me, and
0: maybe you're schizophrenic. Have you ever thought of that?
2: Identical, yet so different.
0: Are you good at work today?
2: Baby, I don't mess around. You're the best. Why do you gotta do that kind of work? Don't worry. You ain't gonna catch nothing from me except your breath. I never know what to do, so I don't do anything. I just go home my hole and I put it all someplace else. How do you feel, Freddy Ace? My like God. What the hell's God got to do with it? ain't no different than any other business. Now, their worlds are coming closer. You have to face yourself, Henry.
0: You have to face the real you.
2: To the moment
1: of Equinox. Which is directed by Alan Rudolph, written by Alan Rudolph, starring Matthew Modine, Matthew Modine, Laura Flynn Boyle, Fred Ward, there he is, Tyra Farrell. Marissa Tomei, Kevin J. O'Connor, Tate Donovan, Lori Singer, M. Emmett Walsh. He's back. Big Walsh Summer. Big Walsh Summer and Dirk Blocker. Twins separated at birth and living opposite lives are about to learn of each other and the substantial inheritance they are entitled to. Or are they? So, let's, Aaron, I think you probably were a big fan of this movie. Tell me about it. Uh, so I'm not the biggest Modine guy. <laughs> you get
4: two of them. And you get two of them this week. So I was already put off by the, you know, nebbish uh, Modine. And then they're like, oh, now we have uber-competent Modine. Like, neither of these are working for me. So I wasn't a big fan of this one. I was trying to grasp at what it was doing. It it felt like it's one of the entries in the, like, retro superhero movies of the 90s. Except it's not based on any comic. But it has this, like, it's set into fictional like stylized city. It has like certain aesthetical charm to it where I'm like, this could be like just the civilians in like the shadow or something like that. Yeah. It's like, and on that level, I was It's try- the
1: HBO to- max spinoff of the shadow.
4: Exactly. And on that level, I was trying to appreciate it, but it just didn't like sit with me in any way. I just like kept trying to like find an in on what this movie wanted to do as far as having like, you know, these two characters are both dealing with stuff. <laughs> gangsters and what have you like there's just things going and it's like i recognize what this is and there's something there as far as it's this kind of like offbeat thriller and it has a good cast but like nothing really stood out about this that like made me want to embrace it more like i was trying to i was trying to like grasp and stuff because i knew right when i saw matthew bodine and then i saw twins i was like I already got to like prepare myself for what the rest (laughs) of this is going to be. It's like, well, you got look at the rest of this cast. Cool, let's see where we go here.
1: But could have gotten Devito to play the other twin. It
4: it just didn't just didn't hold hold on to me. I I I couldn't find a a way to like appreciate what Rudolph was going for here. Mm. So not 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 a fan.
1: Gotcha, Scott. Were you a fan?
3: Well, I mean. When I come to a movie where it's one actor playing basically brothers or two versions of the same character, I want one of two things. I either want psychological mindfuckery combined with grotesque body horror and sexual kinkiness, or I want ass kicking fisticuff action, where one brother is an ass kicking assassin and the other one is a regular dude who's also an ass kicker, and they avenge their parents' deaths and save the day. This film contained neither of those elements, so it is an automatic fail. Um, No, I mean, jokes aside, I felt this was a nothing burger of a movie. Uh, You have a great cast, you have an you know an inkling of a premise, but I did not find any entertainment value in watching these two versions of of the same actor. And I have nothing against Matthew Modine, but he's sort of like the anti-star if that makes sense yeah i mean it's it's Hmm. he's always been a name and someone that oh it's him he's in a movie but he never really had anything that you would consider like raw movie star magnetism and that's fine if he was a character actor but he often was a leading man um and without getting too personal he never really did much for me so even though he's probably trying to play a little against type in this picture. Um it's not particularly engrossing and there's in my I mean I would argue that the two separate lives weren't that different in terms of tone. It would just sort of like I mean it's this isn't sliding doors where they're two wildly different stories. Yeah. They're, they're both playing in a pretty similar sandbox. And they don't really, you know, the climax doesn't really give you much and it does have a number of very good actors. And, you know, Marissa Tomei is always worth watching just on principle. Um, But it was just a very uninteresting movie that seemed to, okay, we have this premise and let's just stop now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I'm right there with you guys. To me, it felt like some sort of proto Richard (laughs) Kelly movie even though this is years before with touches of like Gattaca and Jacob's ladder in there. Well,
4: yeah.
1: yeah, And it, I don't know what this was like. What, like I was not engaged with either of the subplots and they have this movie with these twins and they're both supposed to get this inherent supposed to thing. And they don't meet till like five minutes is left in this movie. And, and like
4: the thrilling of a meeting either. No,
1: and it's over. And I'm like, they needed to meet way before this, or get switched around, or this is some parallel fuckery thing going on, like Scott said, uh, which is where I thought it might be with this Jake, because that's where I was saying Jacob's ladder, because I was like, something's off here, but it wasn't. Um because they yeah, because it's this made up city called what Empire or something, and it's got a cool like noir type to it which I, I'll be an easy sell on but it's very claustrophobic clothes like obviously a cheap movie because they got the big they went cast for it um, and they
4: saved the time they, they spent a lot of money on that helicopter shot at the end so right
1: really, yeah they really, really <laughs> really blew it there I mean they, they obviously are afraid to put Modine and Modine together in a lot of the movie because it probably would cost visual effects but you can do that with stand-ins and stuff like that you can do old camera tricks
4: yeah reverse shot like it's not this isn't the like uh, we've been doing double stuff for a long time in movies (laughs) like this is not the one that's gonna break it
1: (laughs) and he's got this weird that the poor the pauper one's got this like sad bastard story with like the hooker down the hall but he wants to hook up with his friend's sister and Laura Flynn Boyle who's confined to a room for most of this movie and then gets to go to a restaurant.
4: Claustrophobic is right. Like that's, yeah, what, it's kept, really... that's what kept holding me back. I kept feeling like there's, there's an night there. Like you said, there's like an inkling of plot here. Like we can go a lot of directions. Yeah. This does not have anything to offer. It doesn't have anything yeah. to offer as far as expanding on these people more or providing some kind of heady twist or just going more, you know, more cerebral with it. Like what my favorite villain web film is enemy. The movie about toy. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's a cool one, yeah. Which they beat
4: like, right away. And that's, the, like, the movie's dealing with the psychological torments of, like, having another existence and, like, playing with what that is. Also, it's a big tarantula in it, so I'm cool with that. So it's like, I, 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 <laughs> that's a movie that seems to cash in on its premise. It, like, has ideas that it wants to go to and plays of ambiguity or whatnot. This movie's just like, look at all the stuff we did with the set design. Cool. What about those characters? Who? Like, what are what, So it's
3: just. Yeah. It's, well, Nothing Burger is a very good uh, example. Well, you know, right. it Enemy, it, it lacks Kung Fu, but it does have the appropriate psychological mind fuckery. So it yeah. works.
1: There it you passes go. the
3: test. Yeah. Well, that, that and Twin Dragons. Well,
4: and yes.
1: then, and then uh, like, when when they're not stuck in some cramped apartment, it's a cramped car that they're in, <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or like one table at a restaurant is all you can see. And I, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like I tried so hard to like, just keep trying to like, I wanted to do other things while watching this movie. A lot of the time it's like, what is going on? Like, is, I don't know what I did. Like there's this subplot of this woman who's finding the inheritance to these two dudes, which I don't even remember her connection to them at all that like, she's, and it just feels extraneous. Like, but it's
3: almost more entertaining than the actual story, because at least there's a forward momentum of someone trying to do a thing to reach a goal.
1: Well, it's the least claustrophobic part of it, too, because there's too. only like two people and they're in an open office type thing. But she never comes into their picture quick enough because they mentioned the synopsis that that's the thing. But she's doing this research the whole movie. And yeah, this, this thing it has an idea, but I don't think it knew how to like make at least eighty minutes out of it. I think that's the problem. Like it was, was
4: stretched way too thin.
1: It to struggled.
4: All of these characters, it's odd, and yeah.
1: we yeah. gotta get them in our hair. Like we gotta get the inheritance papers to them. Isn't interesting. What's interesting <laughs> is you have a twin brother. You're inheriting inheriting something. You live two completely different lives what now what do you do with it that's interesting that's your fucking movie they have act one here and they made it a whole movie that's yeah, that's maybe actually, that's what, it, that's what yeah. we have here we have yeah. act one the movie yeah
4: and it got like five independent spirit award nominations or something like that like it's it's like what <laughs> <laughs> it's very confusing mm-hmm. uh, I didn't? Thought uh. this movie's a. Uh, uh, not easy to find. Somehow they didn't, the Criterion just hasn't got around to it yet. <laughs> right. So, like, looking for Equinox, is like, these other Equinox movies, because there are a lot of them, all like, looking back on it now, it's like, they all sound more interesting than this movie that
1: I watched. Right. Well, this movie is only, like, it's so restricted, it is only available to rent digitally on Apple. Like, normally it's just like, okay, everybody can rent digitally, you pick whatever. Apple will <laughs> rent it. That's it. And it's like a about, it's a very DVD quality standard def transfer. So I don't know if doing it in high definition at least would it open it, make it open up and feel less cramped. But touted. I mean,
4: the music of chance was like basically pan and scan standard def. So like, right. that, and I really like that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That one felt nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, Equinox, man, not a discovery. Something I didn't know existed. Now I do i've seen it can't can't say any recommend there it's uh it's not a good film no not at all but um maybe we had some good t v This week? Here? They were normal parents struggling to find answers. Why should I listen to you? Because I'm your mother.
3: But one question became their nightmare. Did their daughter commit murder?
0: I'm not running away. I didn't do
1: it.
3: Married with children's Katie Segal. Ellie Law's Alan Rations battling to save the child they love. She says she's innocent. NBC Monday.
1: Our Nielsen ratings for this week. Big NBA week here. Uh, Number one, the NBA Finals a uh, Bulls versus Suns game 3 on NBC. Number 2 is the NBA Finals Bulls versus Suns game 1 on NBC. Uh here we go number 3 and 4 the tandem. Number 3 Roseanne, number ho- 4 Home Improvement both on ABC. More people watch them than the NBA Finals game 2 on NBC. Oh, we have a TV movie on NBC at number 6 called She Says She's Innocent. Scott says she's lying. This movie is... Cool. um is this based on... It is three teenage friends get into a fight and one of them accidentally gets killed. The two remaining girls promise each other to keep silent as the police get more and more suspicious. The mother of one of the girls gets into a crushing dilemma, protect her daughter or help justice take place. It uh, K- stars Katie Seagal and Jameson Parker, Robert Picardo... Uh David Lasher, Charlotte Ross, uh ben Rackens. Yeah, directed by Charlotte. Also Charles known Monroe. as Violation of Trust. Ah, I believe this might be a so I was noticing when I've been going through these uh this summer ahead of ahead of things that they are rerunning TV movies from the past. So these aren't like necessarily movies that are new this year. They might have aired last year and they're doing them again uh this summer. Uh number 7 is 60 minutes on CBS number 8 coach on ABC number 9 another TV movie it's Deadbolt on CBS Deadbolt is uh Douglas Jackson Joint uh, starring Justine Bateman, Adam Baldwin, Cindy Pass, and uh Chris Mulkey's in it Chris Mulkey Chris Mulkey Twin Peaks Chris Mulkey and uh yeah that's that's who's in this one and uh yeah if you're interested in watching She Says She's Innocent,
3: there is a copy on YouTube right now, and it's available to watch for free at the likes of Tubi and Amazon and Roku.
1: All right. Roku, R- is- huh?
3: Who's Roku? Of course, is by the time it airs, brother? I don't know if that'll still be the case.
4: Yeah. Chris Mulkey is like a TV stand-in for Swayze. Yeah, <laughs> there prom, you go. He's got some hair, but he's not quite ready for those big theatrical movies. So it's like, There yeah, you get go. Muscle in the background here. True.
1: Browning at our ten. Seinfeld. NBC. I'm wondering here. So I've had a talk with Troy Brownfield from Saturday Even Post here on the show before, but like, there's like a whole vault of like old TV movies that just does nothing. Like some of them will wind up on your tubies or whatever, but like somebody used to like DVD those or put them on like a str- make a streaming service because there used to be there used to be a quality to them. They used to actually matter when people made them. Counterpoint. Back in the day. Do they huh? Do they need to do that? Someone should do it. It's 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 TV history. It's stuff, you know, there's performances, there's actors, there's directors. I mean, John Carpenter did TV movies for crying out loud. So I mean yeah there's interesting stuff. Did Spielberg work TV like I don't think he he did dual? Like those movies, like they put effort into TV so the The Sunday night movie. Some of
4: those have releases and some of them don't.
1: Just saying it'd be interesting to take a look back at putting it on there yeah I could watch a
4: TV movie instead of like you know <laughs> uh you know whatever random series was announced for a box set DVD like yeah all right like we can throw in whatever Scott Bayo was up to in
1: 1992. <laughs> Woo. 10 years of zapped that's what he was that's what he <laughs> was doing um uh, but you know what you know who I'd rather check in with in 1993 is Scott Bayo uh-huh. who's, who's better who's better at playing a man than Scott Bayo tilt Swinton in (laughs) orlando playing in three theaters it's really very good i think it'll sell by the
3: way how long did this draft take you
0: there can be no doubt about his sex despite the feminine appearance that every young man of the time aspires to do not fade orlando Do not grow old.
3: Sasha, I cannot
2: think of a life without you.
1: I see you're here as a casualty of love.
4: To me, you were and always will be, whether male or female, the pink, the pearl, and the perfection of your sex
0: see for yourself what I was. No difference at all. Here I am again.
1: Directed and written by Sally Potter, based on a novel by Virginia Woolf. Uh, Walter Donahue served as story editor on this, starring Tilda Swinton, Billy Zane, and Quentin Crisp after... Queen Elizabeth I commands him not to grow old. A young nobleman struggles with love and his place in the world. Scott, you want to take it on Orlando?
3: I liked it. It's obviously, I would say it's more of a a, a tone poem, for lack of a better word. And it is a delight to see a comparatively young Tilda Swinton. She's only like 32, 33 when she made this.
1: She's aged five years since this movie. Yeah,
3: she really has, if that. And it's funny, the idea that she's supposed to be playing this androgynous you know, quote-unquote man when if I may say, she's a fucking smoke show throughout. But that being said, it is pretty conventional in terms of Elizabethan tropes, in terms of production value and, and what have you. And the you know, the film wears its thesis on its sleeve. The idea of, you know, her, you know him bec- you know being disenfranchised when he becomes a she. But that being said, it's very watchable because Tilda Swinton is such a revelation. This is one of her first major roles, you know, before she became, well, what was her breakout picture? I mean, this wasn't where I first heard of her, but this is
4: somewhere. I mean, somewhere around like I wouldn't say I the mean, beach, but that was certainly a major, you know, a major studio movie. But like, the deep I mean, end.
1: she, I mean, was it like when she did what, like, well, there was Chronicles of Narnia, but like Michael Clayton, she like escalated a whole there nother a level. Yeah. After, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But she, she but was already
3: too,
4: because uh, Arnia, like I knew who she was. Yeah. Because, she was a git Because right. like, but like yeah. there, that early 2000s with like Vanilla Sky, like there's character right. like,
1: up and that's what i'm saying yeah like i mean like, she was already there and then like it's like at michael clayton then she's like everybody knows who Till Twil- switten is
4: sure that might be like michael clayton you know as good as it is and as good as you know she's an oscar winner it's still like a small movie compared to like narnia which is you know a, yeah right you know,
3: right you know, um billion right. dollar blockbusters like. and it's funny i had never seen this picture before and i you know i'm watching them thinking I have to wonder, you know, she five years from now, she walks into a theater and watches Kate Blanchett and Elizabeth, and's like, oh fuck! But they both survived. They both yeah. have, and they both su- thrived concurrently alongside each other. And they both had to deal with Benjamin Button, that bastard. This is true. Everyone has to deal with Benjamin Button at some point. If you didn't know this guy he was getting younger. They were getting older. <laughs> <laughs> um. I really very much enjoyed this one. I mean, it's, 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 um, yeah. And again, my biggest takeaway from it is just, it's, it was really f- entertaining to see her at basically the beginning of, of her career before she was quote unquote prestigious and, you know, upper crust character actress, blah, blah, blah.
1: I discovered Orlando recently, um, because it was in the Sony pictures classics 30th anniversary box set for, for the 4k set. It was the first of so the, the kickoff film, in it. So there it is. Yes. The, I love that set. And I, I really, this is the second time I've watched it, uh, in what, four months or so. And I really dig this film. It's quirky. It's fun. It's not super long for a like period film like this. They could have stretched 90 it. minutes. Yeah. 90 quick, 90 minutes. It moves. It goes to different, <laughs> like a lot of different settings. I thought a lot of this was kind of like Elizabethan flea ish there's like many things that reminded me of that. Like her looks to the camera feel very much like Phoebe Waller bridge. They're not like your typical narrator things. And she'll pop over there like unexpectedly. It is just a gorgeous film to look at. Like it is just incredible. Okay. Yeah, huh? it's, it's a really a good, good 4k it shows off the production design. Yeah. Swinton. Like I, I didn't understand what this movie was doing Uh, the first time I was like, was watching with like, oh, I was like, oh, she's a boy. And then now she's a, she's a woman. Oh, okay, okay, wh- whatever. Passage of time or whatever. I do like that they gave the part of the poet in the beginning uh, that tells her her work's trash because she tries to become a poet or he tries to become a poet. And then when she's selling the book at the end, it's the same actor that really wants to do the publishing of the book and stuff. So, um, But no, this, this is a really fun movie with some funniness. Billy Zane's a treat here when he shows up a uh, Billy
4: Zane movie this summer Big, they, yeah, summer.
1: Big Billy Summer. They have him on like the the marketing and the back of the 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 cases. He yeah, shows up for awesome like five.
4: Billy Zane. They needed to market this.
1: Yeah, he shows up for like five minutes. Um, but he's he's a pretty nice That's delight a clear there. American
4: thing because it's like look at all these Brits. It's a weird movie. She's a boy. She's a man. What do we do with this? Well, Billy Zane's in it. Put him on the poster. Dead calm. There we go. Got Dead it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and someone out there said. That's the kind of man I can picture slamming evil. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Zane, the guy from Back to the Future, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, <laughs> only number two, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, but yeah, Air, of, uh Orlando.
4: Uh, I think this movie is cool, really good. Um, I, I would say Scott, you're underselling it in certain aspects by saying it's conventional. Like I don't know, what's conventional beyond like. It has costumes of its era. The story being told is like, I, 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 there's not a lot like it as far as a character that literally changes genders midway through within this time period and has to deal with the ramifications of that. Like, sure, like class, you know, the dealing with class and dealing with status and like the politics involved is one thing, but in terms of the all encompassing one singular character, that's like not something I generally see now. I mean, it's a uh, i I found that to be just really uh, ambitious for a 1993 uh, movie based off a book. I get that, but I mean, it. uh yeah, it, it had. It takes turns in ways that like aren't necessarily unexpected, but certainly feel unique for a film like this and certainly of this time period. Um, it reminded me, honestly, of watching just last year, Three Thousand. What the fuck is it called? Uh, three. <laughs> Uh, so they, the uh, years of longing, the three thousand yes. years of longing. Except instead of her being told these stories, she's just in the stories now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just I, I I I like the kind of like grounded fantasticalism that they're going for. It's like it's neat. It's neat to like just see a movie like this that is trying things different. Um, from a director who has not made many films after this, like oh mm-hmm. okay she did not go, go on to do much more after this despite like the uh, acclaim that this film received in like what two oscar noms or whatever like the production and art design
1: it's what you get woman director
4: <laughs> but
1: um that's 1993 people speaking
4: and i have to assume this is like a, like an early sony classics picture too right this is like this the is first, the,
1: the first year yeah first the,
4: and uh, yeah i it certainly sets a precedent as far as like what kind of indie films they're dealing with. That shows. Look at looking at just this box set alone, you can see the kind of like you know the running themes that go through it. But no, I, I think yeah, Swinton's obviously very good here. Um, there's a lot of like just solid character actors that are still working. You know, like this is Toby Jones is one of his first movies, I think, if not his first mm-hmm. movie. Like there's a lot of people in here. Uh, it's like oh man, there's a, a stacked cast of people I recognize. It's certainly a. Tone poem, a vibes movie, for sure. Like, it has this kind of, the appeal I wouldn't necessarily say is the story, but more of just, like, this feeling that you're going through as you go through different years and you observe the changes and the way things stay the same to some degree. Like, it's, I found it all very interesting. Um, yeah, this is, uh, you guys have already said so much as far as what there is to praise about the movie, but there's a lot, because right? I think it's a really good movie. Really strong.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. This is a high uh, recommend to seek out. um Definitely. I don't know if you're not into like these kind of films, if it would be your cup of tea. But it's it, it it's while it embraces some of it, it's d- much different than your typical Elizabethan movie. And it's quirky and it's weird. And if you enjoy Tilda Swinton, that's your ultimate. Recommendation, right there. You're a like, geek, listened to the Brandon Peters show. That's right, true. '93. <laughs> I think
4: it would be okay up uh, a Sony Pictures classic starring Tilda Swinton.
3: <laughs> like, right, <laughs> right. oh uh, no, right. I. You know, if if I did undersell it, so be it. But I, for the record, I did. I did absolutely enjoy watching it quite
4: a bit. I just, I, I it's just more. You say conventional. I was like, what's conventional
3: about this movie? Like, <laughs> I guess it was, and again, the costumes. A, it was not a criticism. It just, it almost felt like. Of course, this is the kind of movie Tilda Swinton would try to make. Which is that's fair, and I yeah. I understand and that. thirty years yeah. later, maybe it's yeah, like yeah. nineteen
4: ninety three. It feels yeah. like this. St- it stands out as our you yeah. Know,
3: mm-hmm. Equinox can't do this. <laughs> 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 Equinox can't do much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tilda Swinton played a boy and a girl, tremendously. Matthew Modine on paper is two twins, so. So so kung pants, lots of puffy pants in this movie. You yes.
4: Know? It just seems like they're like probably really hard to get on, but like probably strangely comfortable too. I don't know. Yeah. I would want to live in this period, but it's like, these pants are weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And this movie, I mean, it couldn't have cost a whole lot of money, but it looks expensive. Like that. I mean, it's a small movie though. The scope of it and scale is quite large. And um, yeah, it looks, it looks, a lot more expensive than it probably was, which is a testament to Sally Potter, who should have taken off big time from here.
4: But the score, too, right? That was the other thing I noticed. She's like one of the oh, is she? Yeah,
1: hmm, interesting. Cool, yeah. Uh, Orlando, yeah, not just a place where theme parks are. I
4: just got back from Miami, I didn't take a trip to Orlando, but I was happy I watched it on 4K. There you
1: go, yeah. The jellyfish are waiting for you, Eric. <laughs> Oh, that was so many months ago. (laughs) This dropped. All right. Well, let's move on to our. Months later, the jellyfish found him and got him again.
4: Oh, on the the YouTube version of this, I assume there will be a a link to the podcast episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If I have time for those things, Um, but so yeah, um, subscribe button. Oh, so we'll move on to the case of case of top 40, the top 10. Casey's biggest hits. As always, we begin with number one of Janet Jackson. That's the way love goes. Still going on that. Going uh, and freak me by silk. Number three, knocking the boots by H town. Number four week by SWB. We have a new number five, though. Uh, Show me love by Robin S. Number six, Looking Through Patient Eyes, PM Dawn. Uh, Seven, I'm So Into You, SWV. And number eight, Bad Boys Moves Up Two Spots by Inner Circle. Doing it again. Uh, Number nine, Have I Told You Lately by Rod Stewart. And number 10, Duran Duran has entered the chat room with Come Undone. And if you want to talk about Coming Undone, our next movie is about some people who have come and done. It's romper Stopper
0: We came to wreck everything.
2: tell you something. I want you to listen to me, okay? This is not your country. It's
0: about war, isn't it?
1: God sent us. Directed by Jeffrey Wright, written by Jeffrey Wright, starring Russell Crowe, Daniel Pollock, Jacqueline McKenzie, and Alex Scott. A group of skinheads become alarmed at the way their neighborhood is changing. Oh, boy. Aaron, romp, stomp. Uh, I've never romped
4: and stomped before this, uh, this week. And now I have a movie I've certainly heard about plenty of times, that and Chopper with Eric Bana like for some reason I just haven't seen these Australian imports um, uh, before you know the ones that kind of made uh, although I have seen two hands with uh, Heath Ledger uh, and Brian um, Brian Cocktail I forget his last name
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go Brian
4: Cocktail I like Brian it Cocktail, you know Brian, Brian FX um, <laughs> Brian FX to the art of Deadly Um uh, but uh, but no, I never I've never robbed or stomped before so now I have um, and it's about what I expected. Um, I think I read a note that said Mel Gibson was asked, but he said not uh racist enough. Uh, so he said, no, <laughs>
1: um,
4: but uh, to, not enough Jews, I think was the other comment he had. Um, too too Asian. Um, I think this movie's fine. I get why it would be celebrated and celebrated in quotes, but like. It's not offering a whole lot uh, for me as far as like giving us an inside look at what it is to you know be an angry skinhead or what have you. It's just more of a an exercise in showing like the what the what that sort of depravity can do to a person and to a group or whatever, which is like it's fine, but just you know if I'm not if I'm not I'm not over the moon for like American History X. So this movie's (laughs) throwing me. (laughs) It's It's not it's not exceeding that in any way. So it's like yeah, it doesn't really sit very high in the spectrum of. You know racially motivated angry movies that you know are supposed to feel (laughs) something so it like it's fine it does what it is but you know nothing special to
1: me gotcha gotcha uh scott
3: this is the kind of movie that we saw a lot through that 10 year period of you know the Clinton era, right through 9 11, more or less, when there was a we, we, and I say we generically, some of us thought that we were at the end of history and we were winning the hearts and minds battle, and that movies like this could actually make a difference in a positive way. And in that sense, okay, fine, I, I totally get it. And I don't begrudge the film's existence 30 years later. But in retrospect, This is probably the kind of film like American History X and like Ryan Gosling's The Believer that while their hearts are absolutely in the right place, you know, time and history has shown that the kind of people that you want to have, you know, to to be converted by this kind of movie are also the kind of people that are likely to see these tortured, tormented, racist anti heroes and think that they're like cool and edgy and almost, you know almost noble in their sacrifice while if you really want to make a difference stuff like the producers and and jojo rabbit which takes these character, you know these people and makes them figures of fun and buffoonery and tomfoolery that seems to do a better job of of what i think films like this are trying to do and there's always an issue and you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But Like, oh, you know, it's obviously the film is not taking the point of view of the Nazis or the, the racist or whatever. At the end of the day, it's the actors playing the skinheads that go on to be huge superstars, while the people playing the disenfranchised people don't. Um and you know, uh, you know Ryan Gosling out, you know Edward Norton. He had already been around for a few years before American History X, but you know these are sort of star-making roles as playing these horrific, terrible anti-heroes. And in the broad scheme of things, like it's kind of accomplishing the opposite of what you might have set out to do. Again, in a vacuum, the movie is fine. It's very generic. It's not generic. It's very obvious. It's very, goes exactly where you're expecting it to go. And what it obviously doesn't have that a film like, you know, pardon the cheap comparison menace to society might have is that there's no sense of victimization toward these people that are on the wrong side of the path. You know, these people have to a certain extent, no one to blame, but themselves. And, you know, whether I would have felt this way thirty years ago, when again I, we were all living in Cl- Clinton's America, where you know Independence Day was selling this wonderful vision of we're all starting to get along and everything's going to be fine, and then nine eleven came along and said, "Ha ha, never mind." That being said, I mean it's 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 interesting as a time capsule. It's interesting as a very very early Russell Crowe picture. But other than that, it's like that's nice. I would yeah. add that. I mean, this is an Australian movie.
4: I
1: mean, yeah errors about clinton's america <laughs> like it's
3: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely i mean well, yeah, i think that's referring to view,
1: the americans american people picking it of- up because
3: uh, yeah, well, no, someone like you know if i had seen this film when i was 13 or yeah. whatever yeah, yeah. And obviously i would be living in akron ohio and you know the, the issues are are close enough to, you know, American issues with racism and what have you that, yeah, I think we could, you know, it's it's not like when I watch some, you know, you know I watch something like RRR it's like, oh, here's the reasons why it's problematic. It's like, I don't care. I'm a white guy living in California. I'm just going to enjoy this movie for what it is. It has, um, a,
4: it has a paragraph of text that says any, you
3: know,
4: whatever. <laughs> that's, not,
3: that's not what we're doing here, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I know. Everything I just think fucking Robert R RRR.
4: In, so. But
3: that being said, again, you know, it's, 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 I think I agree with Aaron where it's like, okay, that's nice. You know, yeah. boy, racism sucks. Yeah, I already knew that. And if I didn't know that, I'd no longer believe that films like this would have the power to change my mind.
4: And I mean, you, you speak about the actors as far as like, you know, this or Gosling and the Believer, that's a good poll or like the Ecuador. It's like, yeah, they stand out because they're playing. For for one thing, you assume that you know no one's act, no actor is actually this person. Yes, that's a different conversation. Well, I,
1: here's the thing: Russell Crowe's so good in this movie, he'd be canceled if he came out today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so if you're going by that, throw the phone at him.
4: They can't actually be this way. Automatically, you're thinking this is a great actor. Look at all this. Yeah. Stuff. And this kind of look at look at this character he's playing, mm. and it's so it's like you know, and all these performances are always big. There's no subtle Nazi, uh, <laughs> right?
2: Like, so, so
4: so there's so much for them to you know chew on already. So yeah, that's going to get the attention. Like I get why it's a star-making performance, but it's you know you do this if this kind of movie gets attention. There's a pretty good bet that it's going to get attention for certain reasons. Like yeah, having a a person that has this inherent screen ch- charisma, which Crow does. Uh, playing this kind of role, yeah, that's going to stand out.
1: Well, yeah, it's got it's got a lot of stuff that for back then was like, oh, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they did that in a movie uh, that would attract like a young teenage male, probably. Uh, with the movie, I, I personally, yeah, I'm I'm kind of there with it. Like I'm kind of a point where I like I've seen enough of ones like these, and I've seen them done better than this. I did have some weird issues where I, you know. There's no one really to, like, sympathize or follow with in this entire movie. Our in-character, uh, the girlfriend, the female, she's a piece of crap, too. Like, I mean, she's a... She's, I mean, like, yeah, oh, well, maybe I went too far. Well, yeah, you freaking join Nazis <laughs> to spite your father and then led them to his house to, like, destroy it and do all this stuff. And then, oh, I've gone too far. Oh, he's mean. Um, I,
4: would, I mean, there's a part of me that would say that's something I can't admire about the film because the last thing I need is a movie to make me care about skinheads. I I, right. do, I can't appreciate that. It's just like they're just they're just pieces of crap like well, the whole time.
1: There's a sequence in the middle of this where the the, the Asian community takes it on themselves to like, hey, let's go 1st I'm take tired it. of these fucking guys, yeah. and it's it's probably the best stuff in the film is this sequence when they come for them and they're escaping, but I'm like, yeah, get them. <laughs> like, like, am I am I supposed to be in a, like, it's shot in a way where I think I'm supposed to be in suspense for the Nazi guys, but I'm like, no, oh, fuck them. Get them. I have been conflicted since the boat chase and live and let die. I think- <laughs> like, am I rooting
3: for the Harlem drug dealers or the racist redneck sheriff? I don't I, know. I, I think it
4: presents a pretty matter of fact. Like, yeah. you know, I, so it's like, that's, that's the stuff where, that's why I don't dislike this movie, because I do think it, right why, why not, you know, it's not giving you some kind of, you know, oh, his father was a skinhead, therefore he is too, like, it's not trying Man. to give you, like, empathy. No, like, no, it doesn't do that. Because that's, that's kind of an issue of American history, actually. So it's like, this movie is like, yeah. They I, do,
1: they do kind of do it with one of the Nazis, though. They don't they, do it with Russell Crowe, but
4: stuff. yeah. Like, you, or else, there's just no movie here beyond, look at all these people that hate everybody.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which
4: is like um, very tiresome,
1: so. I, I will say there was there was this alley fight that was a prelude to when the, the Asian people just like come and like say enough uh where I have to, I, I wondered that if, if in some weird way that the um big news channel fight scene in Anchorman was somehow parodying this fight because it is outrageous when they're in the streets when they first have the big thing in the streets. And I it's not like they came out and introduced themselves. It's the fight itself that got crazy. I was like, man, I wonder if Anchor Man was like, remember romper stomper?
4: <laughs> That's the <laughs> answer. Like
1: it was it was too specific. and and just jogging my mind with that. But then they all, I mean, there was also a scene in here that was straight out of Clockwork I mean, sequences straight out of Clockwork Orange Orange.
4: This movie feels very much indebted to Clockwork
1: Orange. Yeah. Like the
4: first 30 minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, It definitely does. There's also a scene where the cops straight up shoot that kid in the head and I was just like, wow! Okay! Um, That's one less to worry about. Yeah, it is a Nazi kid but...
4: Clockwork Orange and there's some like... Just because it's Australian, so George Miller kind of like
2: matter of
4: factness to it, like Mad, like the first Mad Max. Like, there's like, I it it has a Colin Card esque feel to it as well, as far as the direction goes and what they're right.
1: And I mean, it's predates it, but I'm like, this feels like what a like immature kid would have made after seeing a Guy Ritchie movie. (laughs) Like, it kind of feels like that, but I mean, predates. His well, I mean, stuff,
4: where you get something like Clockwork Orange, or it's like, yeah, what we made, it would be about, like the droogs only, like right know, stuff there. Like I mean, there's other movies that you can look to, or yeah, think of various, you know, I don't know, Walter Hill movies or something. Just like, right. stuff. and and the way you know it's coming from like uh, this punk era, and mm-hmm. like the fact that all the punk songs are very race or racially heavy. It's like, yeah, oh, it's not bad. The the beats aren't bad. <laughs> like, yeah lyrics are a little bit questionable <laughs> but, can know. i
1: buy the instrumental of this album Is <laughs> that available um i did and i like how uh russell crowe he was like a uh a, a classy nazi knew his stuff when the guy's like let's shoot him back to singapore and he's like saigon stupid it's like well okay well he knows there where you they're know. from there you know. He's
4: not—he's not a white supremacist out of ignorance.
1: No, no, he—he he knows his it's a choice.
4: You know. He gives a whole monologue. It's like my pure white skin—that's why I do this. Like it's just like, a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's—it's it's a. Yeah, this is definitely a. I guess this is probably one of those like, oh man, have you seen Rob? So-? Like VHS, like tell your friends about it. Movies back,
4: yeah, before like. I don't know for train spotting and whatnot got like, you know, as far as kind of international imports mm-hmm. that have this cult following this certainly hits that, that, that wave pretty easily.
1: Like, what was, uh, like who's like somebody read this was like, I need that dude from that romper stomper movie in this my movie is what, uh, in uh, America Hudson
4: looked at as forgetting him, LA confidential. This is the movie. Jeez,
1: It's crazy. Wow. Well, because he had quick in the dead before that ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah, this it's, is 95 And then you know, virtuosity, of course. Virtuosity. Yeah. yeah
4: that's five, right. but Curtis Santos is not looking at Sid two and being like that fucking guy needs to be Bud. Like, he's, like he, never know. He's seeing like you just said about classy white pros Is like that guy could play a detective who like beats up people like that. Yeah, look at Robert's Domper. I get that. I get that one yeah. too much. But look at oh, look at the pacifist preacher. He should play a dirty cop, like.
1: <laughs> well, and you gotta wonder too. Like, I wonder because like, Crow was very like. I mean, they parodied him in freaking Tropic Thunder because of he's like so kind of method with his acting, and I wonder how much of this because he had that like rage type paparazzi type thing or follow him around, uh, and I wonder if like that stuck with them doing this role and just kind of stayed within him. Because he dives so deep into his parts. And now he's out of it and he's like fat and happy. Like, <laughs> he,
4: he lost a lot of weight during that divorce. Yeah. Because he lost like half his stuff. That's why he had to sell things. That's, that's <laughs> <what he did. laughs>
1: Oh my. But yeah. Romper Stumper is available. The method is Dr. Jekyll. Yeah. You can watch Romper Stumper anywhere. Like, it's on like Nicktoons, Disney Plus. <laughs> It is all over, like it, like Not seriously. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can watch it with ads, without ads. You can pay for it. You don't have to. Like, it I, is... I don't watch it on Hoopla for free. So. Yeah, PBS Kids. It's all over there. It's all over there, everywhere. But yeah, PSP, um, the West for some reason only, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, so uh, that yeah, uh, that's a very was probably a very popular VHS tape to pass around back the day at the rental stores. But speaking of those, I think it's time for another. Tale from the video store from Nancy Burns. Vincent stopped making picks.
2: Well, how am I gonna know what movies to see?
1: We have a wide variety of gene picks.
2: Gene's trash.
1: I'm Gene. Hi. I
2: actually worked at the store too, shamefully, called video liquidators. Um, in fact, all of us worked at this store. Many of my friends ended up working for a, a chain called Video Liquidators, which, which, if most, if a store like Video Archives was seventy percent legitimately great curated cinema and TV and great stuff, and thirty percent porn, Video Liquidators was ninety eight percent porn, and then a two percent of a little fake video store in the front where mm. they had <laughs> basically Jean Claude Van Damme movies, and it was a horrible, shameful place to work. It was like a pervert it was like a real just dis- just distended perversion of how these video stores work, but they were just selling porn I won't name I obviously won't name any names, but he also told me and I believe this they had a huge section um of of no box porn so it was just you know it was just the VHS because you didn't oh. want to go home and have your wife find the big because the porn boxes were for oh, some yeah, reason they were f- gigantic like for some reason they wanted your people to find these things in your house. Um they wanted your wife or your girlfriend to find these giant boxes. Or they wanted you to put them on a different shelf. I don't know. He says one night an actor who played the president in a 90s movie, which will go unnamed name, came in and sorted through that section and got himself a nice chunk of very, very dirty um pornography. Brought it to the front counter, paid for it and left. Um
1: did was was that president on a plane at
2: one point and trying to get... Oh, God, no, it's not Harrison Ford. No, God, I wouldn't (laughs) tell you. It was Harrison Ford, I would never tell you. Uh, All right.
1: (laughs) All right, and now we are here, uh, which you probably skipped the three movies to this pinpoint uh, for Jurassic
2: Park. On June 11th, dinosaurs and man, two species suddenly thrown back into the mix together.
0: Can I touch it? How
2: can we possibly have the slightest idea what to expect
3: universal pictures presents a steven spielberg film an adventure 65 million years in the making jurassic park rated pg-13 special premiere tomorrow night starts
1: friday everywhere Uh, this one's directed by i believe is steven spielberg Uh, is that the, the 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 star wars guy no, nineteen forty-one no, guy. This is 1941. Oh, Right, right, right. My this mistake. Always movie with uh, Audrey Hepburn. Yep. Always guy. Nineteen forty-one guy. See the one that made that
3: dumb Peter Pan movie. That's him. That's oh, him. Right, right, right.
1: Yep. Does not know how to what to do with blockbusters, but it's written by David Kep on a novel by Michael Crichton, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, Bob Peck, Beatty Wong, Ariana Richards. Joseph Mazzello, Samuel L. Jackson, and Seinfeld's Wayne Knight. He'll be, he's our second person to be in the top 10 TV and top 10 movies this week. Spoiler, people went to see Jurassic fucking Park. A pragmatic paleontologist touring on an an almost complete theme park on an island in Central America is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a power fail- failure causes the park's clone dinosaurs to run loose. Oh, yeah. Other people are in this movie.
3: <laughs> Fuck Which me. I love that. By the way, I love that synopsis because it's like, if by some fluke you don't know what this movie is, it throws you a real fucking curveball in that last couple words there. Right, yeah. Like, it's a paleontologist. He's at this theme park and he's got to protect some kids from
1: clone dinosaurs. <laughs> and, oh, okay. Right. Oh, ba ba So, uh, to note, uh, before we did a commentary here on Out Now with Aaron and Abe for Jurassic Park, you can go and listen if you don't. If want the short version where we talk about it here, uh, you can listen to that lovely commentary. Um, Scott, um, take us back to the park. Yeah, I'm th- th-
3: <laughs> I think this is one where we can all remember where we first saw it. I assume, did we, I know you're like younger than us, but did you, you saw it in a the theater, right? We'll get to me, Scott. <laughs> what was that? We'll get to me. <laughs> uh, I saw it on Thursday, the Thursday night of advanced night screening, uh, 10 o'clock. My dad came home from a business trip to take me. And this was, and I tell this story a lot because it's, it's, it, you know, this was back when movie reviews debuted in the morning paper on Friday morning. You you didn't have the internet, more or less. I mean, you did, but not, you know, you didn't have, you know, test screenings out the ass. You didn't have embargoes being broken weeks at a time. So people who went and saw the film on Thursday night before it opened had no idea whether it was any good or not. And I can only speak from my own experiences coming off a hook that I was not crazy about and you know we all loved the last crusade but spielberg had been in a minor comparative i don't want to say slump that's even too harsh of a word but you know all, all you know we joke about always but that's that's you know point being we knocked it knocked our fucking socks off nobody knew how good it would be how scary it would be um how violent it would be but in a somewhat kid-friendly way um the previews were very good about hiding the quality and quantity of dinosaur footage and special effects um it really did look like lifelike dinosaurs in a way that frankly i wasn't expecting because we hadn't seen that before and it's just you know as in terms of a popcorn entertainment it's just fucking terrific it still is. I mean, we could, you know, people, depending on how old you are, maybe you prefer Jaws, maybe for Jurassic Park, whatever, you know, tomato, tomato, but it really then and now holds up as a very, very, very high quality, crowd-pleasing blockbuster, and it became the biggest grossing movie of all time worldwide, displacing E.T., boo It made $359 million domestic from a record $50 million opening weekend, second only to E.T. at that time. It opened in June of 1993, and it was still in in, uh, drive-in theaters in June of 1994. It was one of the last super blockbusters to take advantage of the second-run marketplace in any substantial way, um, because they start being phased out in the mid to late 90s anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything that we haven't already said a thousand times about this picture, so I'm just going to shut up and let other people talk.
1: Is it still the best Jurassic Park? (laughs)
3: Look, I like the Jurassic World movies more. Honestly, oh, look, you want to play? Okay, I think the Jurassic (laughs) Park movie is a four-star blockbuster. I think all four of the other five, yeah, five of the other sequels are to varying degrees three-star pictures. I like some of them more than others. Uh... Lost World is very mixed for me, and it's very uneven. Uh, Dominion I definitely grained that fucker on a curve because it was one of the few COVID-era blockbusters that looked like a real movie, and I really appreciated that. But yeah, I think all six of Jurassic Park movies are varying degrees of good. None of them compare to the Velocipaster, but what does? But yeah, yeah, it's it's it still rocks.
1: All
4: right, Aaron. First off, there's no splitting the difference between Jaws and Jurassic Park. Jaws is a perfect movie and one of the best <laughs> Jurassic Park is a very good blockbuster, period, it, that, that spawned a very mediocre franchise. <laughs> um, um, nowadays, I've said this on the commentary, and this is my general regard for Jurassic Park. There's a poster of it in front of me. Like I'm a big fan of Jurassic Park, but it's a movie I consider my... My favorite non-favorite movie of all time, as far as I mm-hmm. know it by heart. I've seen it plenty of times. There's nothing in do- that, like, makes it bad to me. It's just not a movie that I could rank among my favorites. I think it's a very solid Spielberg movie. It is wildly entertaining. It's highly quotable. It's incredibly ambitious for its time in terms of the visuals and the effects and what have you. There's so much going on there to admire but, you know, just minor story stuff or whatever it's just there's only so much going on where I'm like, yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's great. It's, you know, if it comes out in a re-release in theaters, why not see it? It's fun. Why would I not want to see Jurassic Park again? That said, 1993, Aaron, Big Dino Summer. Oh, my
1: God. Open the this door. Movie. Get on the floor. Aaron's going to walk the dinosaur.
4: This movie was incredible to me in nineteen ninety-three. I love dinosaurs. I'm a huge dinosaur. I'm still a huge dinosaur guy, regardless of this franchise. It's the Um, natural
1: kaiju, right? Put
4: more Yeah, exactly. Put more dinosaurs in movies. Finally someone's like, What if Adam Driver was a spaceman that fought a dinosaur? (laughs) <laughs> why, why? yes like why are we not after Jurassic Park comes out it's weird to me that there's only still so many dinosaur blockbusters like that's weird to the point where it, it's so unnatural for people to see dinosaurs in movies that they're like the dinosaurs in King Kong weren't real enough it's fucking King Kong
3: but whatever like, <laughs> by the way all three of us are hashtag team King Kong for the record
1: yes, yes. Well, I, I, I will say too, Aaron. Like, like people like Jupiter Ascending. I be- I believe it was Jordan Grout said. Someone's called it said it was terrible. He's like, how could it be terrible? Dinosaurs flew spaceships in that yeah. fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then a doc, Doctor Who one time they had an episode called Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Like, that's cool concepts. Well, and you know. What?
3: There are obviously there are not dinosaurs in the movie, but I think one of the reasons I enjoy Rampage as much as I do is it has that similar, you know, anarchic spirit, disaster, peril spirit in a way that is different from, not better or worse, than the conventional kaiju picture,
4: right? Um, so so, yeah, 1990s, Aaron, big dino summer, cool. I am seeing dinosaurs in the big screen, I am loving it. I'm loving it uh saw opening night with my mom big on it uh what about was it 93 so I'm what <laughs> seven or whatever i am uh eight it june so yeah i like eight now um yeah i saw it again with my dad like at least if not a week later sometime in that you know i saw it twice pretty quickly maybe i saw it a third time in theaters i don't know i loved this movie when i was then uh had a vhs watched it all the time I, that was the first movie book I ever bought. Like I had the like the the um the like from picture to screen like, or whatever. Like which is like behind the scenes photos and like a whole section devoted to storyboards at Spielberg Runners. Like that, that was a cool book to have. It was like the making of Jurassic Park, and it had like the whole whole section was yellow pages that were storyboards i was like i had everything involved in this movie i had toys had the sega genesis jurassic park game which was hard as fuck
1: yeah i remember right. that yeah. <laughs>
4: right where you could play as dr alan grant and be like killed all the time because you're just you're, you're dr alan grant or you can play as a raptor you be like oh, i got a little farther and um, the super
1: but, nintendo one was completely different
4: yeah, because that's how they rolled back then. Um, but yeah, no, I was all about Jurassic Park then. I, like Jeff Goldblum became like, because he was, the, he between doing that Independence Day it was like, is this guy my favorite actor? <laughs> like, I just <laughs>
1: he was the blockbuster king at that time, Michael. Well,
4: like, it, oh, it was that, and then Will Smith had bad boys in Independence Day. And like Bad Boys at that, you know, I'm watching Fresh Prince all the time, and then Bad Boys happens, and that's where like, my mom's like, Will Smith has a fade. You're getting a fade. Like, it's just like it was <laughs> like between these just like, and then they're in a movie together. It's like, oh my god, what's going on here? But Jurassic Park, yeah, all the stuff going on, like all the dinosaurs, raptors are cool, tyrannosaurus are actually good, dilophosaurus is spitting things. Like, like, yeah, I'm all into mm-hmm. this. Newman's getting there and he gets killed by it. Like, yes. Was it, like, kind of scary? I don't know. I don't remember being, like, scared by it because I'm thinking dinosaurs is awesome. Like, this movie was totally my speed back then. At that point, like, I'm probably still, like, Star Wars and Indiana Jones are, like, my jam, like, my favorite things ever. But, like, Jurassic Park certainly, you know, sits right there as far as being a thing that I would actively w- – and Batman. Batman the other thing. Um, and Returns. Um, I had more Returns toys than Batman toys. Um, So yeah, like Jurassic Park was just, that was an event where it's like, if this, like, I don't mind watching this all the time. Like, that was certainly where I was at that age. I never really soured on it. It was just more of when I, you know, think about the movies I've seen. It's like, yeah, I like this less than other Spielberg movies, but I still like it plenty. Lost World didn't help because I actively did not like that movie when it came out in 97. Because I'm right, but, but
3: um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fight you too much on
4: that one. That's <laughs> good set pieces, I've never, I've never been yeah. against like the the see the sets that that's the like the sequences that matter. I that's a whole different art. We don't have to talk about what of World is, but as far <laughs> as 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 far as like that appeal goes, like yeah, Jurassic Jurassic Park comes out totally into it. Lost World comes out. Not like I didn't see it opening weekend. I saw it, and like I got whatever out of it. I did. Like like it kind of keeps going down that line where it's like three I saw and it's like, that's a movie, that's whatever. And, you know, they eventually came back again and I'm with Scott where it's like the world movies, they do what they do. I'm not wildly against them, but they're, you know, it's not a franchise where I'm like, man, they really need to capitalize off the success of those previous sequels. All the greats. Like, where, where are
1: my where are my stakes supposed to be with those? It was like I got what I paid
4: for. They were it's, fine. Yeah, it's the latest Dino theme park movie. Like the buy
3: in isn't very high here, guys. Like it's,
2: <laughs>
3: it's, it's well, um, and, you know when, you know, you and I we we all talk about this deal. You know, the you know, critics and audiences aren't seeing eye to eye. Like I'm sorry. Back in my day, Dino Mass Park Massacre Six was not supposed to get good reviews. That's not how this fucking worked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I can rank all my Godzilla movies, but, you know, there's a good section in there where it's like, it's not like, it's not like all of these really matter at this point of how, like, where that quality is coming from in certain parts of it. Jurassic Park is, you know, is a, as Scott, it's a four, it's a four-star blockbuster. If you want a blockbuster movie that's going to deliver the kind of things that a blockbuster can in the best of ways, Jurassic Park is very much doing that. So, yeah, I I, I am a fan of the movie and 1993 movie me was over the moon for it.
1: Yep, I like this is it goes down as one of my biggest, best like favorite like movie going experiences ever because we hadn't seen this yet. This was wowing just to look at the screen, uh, in a way a few other films can pull off uh before uh, before it and after it. And yeah, like I I don't like I enjoy this movie a lot, but I don't know where I'd be like, Oh, it's one of my favorites ever. But yeah, the nineteen ninety-three Brandon was stoked to see this. My grandma took me, like, the opening weekend, and I saw it, and I got... It was funny, because I got dropped off at, like, home after. Like, she dropped me off home, and, like, I was home alone at night, and there were some, like, creaky things. I was like, what the fuck? I know raptors aren't real, but I just saw that damn movie, and there was that intense kitchen scene with the kids. But, oh, no. And then I never owned it till... Oh, gosh. I think maybe I had a a DVD or something like way down the road because everybody had it. It was playing everywhere. We watched it at school probably three damn times like it was downtime. (laughs) Pop on Jurassic Park. That's a safe one for everybody. Everybody loved like Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park. But no, it's super cool uh, movie. Great. You know, it's worthy of all the praise it gets. Yes, the sequels all diminishing returns. I like Lost World. I know Aaron does not like it, but I'm fine with that. It's a it's a crummy it's a it's a top tier crummy B movie for me. <laughs> it's uh, but I don't know. Like I I have no stakes. Like I, I find it hilarious the anger that comes from people watching this se- the Jurassic <laughs> World movies. Like, what am I missing something about how awful these are? Like I'm just like. I'm not putting, I'm not going in expecting, like, like, they, the bar was set with Lost World and 3, and then, like, or, and then Jurassic World was like, all right, it's fine but. but it just it, it blew my mind and again this is the perpetually
3: online obviously it's not general audiences but you know the people that just i couldn't understand why jurassic world was popular and was seen as good to general moviegoers in a summer where you had like fantastic four and terminator genosis and pixels <laughs> i mean you had some god-awful pieces of shit that year yeah, but this is there the was, one that struck such a such a higher right? yeah well, I mean, it's it's there's you know it's in college. Trevor is probably the only guy on earth whose career actually got hurt by making a relatively well-reviewed one point six billion dollar movie.
1: Yeah, well, and
4: I. Meanwhile, I, we keep letting Rob Marshall get away with his madness. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> Apparently, you know, the Little Mermaid was shot in a toilet bowl from the f- footage. That oh, we've seen.
1: yeah, yeah. The, the that they dared put that trailer of an underwater <laughs> CG movie in front of Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, put on your 3D glasses now. I'm like, do you guys really want to do this? Rob Marshall <laughs> yeah. might have
4: the worst track record for a guy that has multiple billions He dollars. really
3: is. Um <laughs> I mean, he should have been put in whatever directors who, who, fuck ten years later. Who directed uh John Moore? He should be in the same fucking oh. director's jail as John Moore
4: the 10th anniversary of live free or die or, no, or a good day to die hard oh yeah <laughs>
1: um back to the dress World. i like the i like the second dress do a commentary world. on that <laughs> fallen kingdom because it's weird and yeah. it's like really different and weird i'm like it kind of put like the carnosaur into the dinosaur in yeah. that one Fire. um finally so i I like it for being weird but th- this first movie yeah, it's it's top notch. It's Spielberg doing what he does best, pushing the boundaries of technical filmmaking, making an enjoyable blockbuster for like ed- anyone to go see it. Um yeah. And it's it, got it's got so much personality and stuff. Yeah.
4: Like it's a stuff movie where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously Raptor Chase, Tyrannosaurus Chase, like these huge set pieces are highly memorable and incredibly well executed enough for Spielberg to be like i can do that again in war of the worlds but less good Um, uh, but uh it has you know the moments you know it has di- bingo dino dna and yeah jeff goldblum doing all of the jeff goldblum things he's doing and and uh what's his name the the hunter with the small shorts uh yeah like, uh, clever girl like it, Muldoon. yeah yeah Muldoon, yeah this has like st- all the stuff, and oh, something, well, one something, thing not, there's not a lot of blo- let me just there's not a lot of blockbusters these days where like all the deep the little details that's in there stand out in the way that a movie like Jurassic Park does, and very few that come after it. Like you know, I'm right. not looking at some of these MCU movies and thinking about much more because there's not a lot of personality because you don't have a Spielberg, and not like everybody needs to be Spielberg, but like Spielberg brings so
3: much. Of well, this, yeah things <laughs> And i also think and i i know we talk about this a lot but i think jurassic park comes from that era where you couldn't afford to do non-stop spectacle so you still had to put some effort into character and storytelling mm-hmm. and the you know quote-unquote quiet moments
1: right um well i also think too one thing that this does that uh like you know what i appreciate in the avatar movies here um, is that we're allowed to, like, hang out at the park for a bit. We're not these, yeah. like, we're, we are in such super plot-based movies are like, ah, like, we're allowed to go in the park, we go on the little tour, we get to see the areas, we got to do stupid, we have scenes that don't matter to the rest of the movie, but they at least allow us to breathe and feel like we're in this world and enjoy the discovery of it with the characters and not just focus on this, focus, focus, this is important, this is important, we get to have non-important stuff here. And there's, yeah, and there's, the stuff, and the and exchanges yeah. I
4: care
3: about, and I oh. remember. Them. That's why Khan Con is one of the best movie characters of all the last century. <laughs> <day. laughs> yeah, great. and it's it's what I what I do appreciate very much about it is it does something very specific where you get dinosaurs every twenty minutes, but they're different dinosaurs. Yeah, and sometimes they're very short scenes, which means the audience feels they've had their feel you know, their cookie, so that they can take another twenty minutes of plot and character and storytelling.
1: And variety of dinosaurs, like there were yeah. so many dinosaurs in that movie. Yeah,
3: yeah, um, no. It's... And you know, you almost don't realize until you watch it a couple times that you don't even see a fucking raptor till the end of the movie.
1: Right? No, they You're they hold those you, suckers. And you wait. You you have wait. the yeah. baby. They have the baby.
3: And you, you know, the
1: T Rex shows
3: up at the you know, hour and five minute mark of a two hour movie.
4: The cold open of the movie, I mean, with the raptor because it kills that guy. Oh yeah, Spielberg's yeah. one of the few people that actually does kill the black guy first. <laughs>
1: Yeah, No, this is a, this is an experience like, like star Wars before it, uh, Batman in 89. This is another one of those, like this, you know, the cheesy, this is why we go to the movies, you know, this is, this is why, this is why Nicole Kidman sits in the theater. Uh, this movie, not Jurassic world, which she is watching in that, as she says, taking us to places we've never been before. And it's the Jurassic oh, all World, the, all the movies it's Jurassic World, are like and Creed Three, and like, yeah, in Wonder
3: Woman, which I love Wonder Woman, but you know it's a it's a franchise play. Just, yeah. just to add
4: this, just because it it doesn't necessarily matter, but this is also the year where he does Jurassic Park
1: and Schindler's, and Schindler's List. List. Yeah, one of his <laughs> many two for years.
4: <laughs> <laughs> one of his many busy years. Exactly. Yeah. Like to the point where after this after this year, it's a four year break, and his next movie is the, a sequel
3: to Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. he didn't really want to do, which I think is reflected in the picture. I, the story he always tells, if I recall, is like, you know, he spent so many years, you know, explaining to children that he was never going to make an ET sequel. And he decided, well, if some kid comes and asks me why I'm not going to do a Jurassic Park sequel, it's like I can't think of a good reason. Because you know, it's clearly not wasn't as personal of a movie to him as like Children's List or E.T. or whatever or Close Encounters. So he went and made Jurassic uh, you know The Lost World.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, any any sequel like Jurassic Park thing is like doing the same thing again or like it it's I mean, it's fine. I mean, you make slasher movie sequels, you do similar repetitious things. But that's got to be the understanding when you make more of these that there's not a lot of places to go. Like, I want to know where these people get so mad. Like, where do you, where do you want these to go? Like, what? What's your story that's so groundbreaking or that bad <laughs> that they made this instead of well,
3: something else? Like, I think part of the issue is that there's a contingent of the perpetually online that thinks that everybody hates these movies and no one actually wants to see these movies. And they're constantly confused to why we keep getting Jurassic sequels, seemingly ignorant of the fact that they make an average of one billion dollars.
1: That's the thing. If you want your answers as to why, why look at the receipts like this, yeah. the easiest thing. And people are so. Ignorant and dumb about, like, well, uh, like, look at the receipts, like, wow, well, uh, people won't want to go see Avatar again. And I'm like, you mean the $2.9 billion movie isn't going to have some interest in the people <laughs> that you're probably going to see your fucking self? You dumb, sh-. anyways.
4: It's why I appreciate and to get on Jurassic Park, it, like, it's why I appreciate three more than The Last World, and not to pick on Last World, but it's just because I like that as far as what story is there to tell, that one agrees with you, and it's just like, well, we're in, a, we're in a world where dinosaurs exist. Why don't we just visit one of them for a movie for 90 minutes and then get the hell out of there? That's what it does. Yeah. It doesn't uh, have any greater themes to set up. It's just like, fuck it. <laughs> what, if they, what if they just go to Dinosaur Island for a bit,
3: mess around, then get out of there? Then third act? Who needs a third act? Those are yeah. for losers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
4: if the third act would just be the Lost World third act, which is awful. So I yeah. love it. <laughs> they eat the
1: dog.
3: That's awesome.
1: Oh, good movie! Good movie. <laughs> movie. Uh, and Scott, months. Scott, how did it fare at the box office this weekend? As we hit it, on over? broke
3: the opening weekend record, earning 50 million dollars counting previews. In what its was the previous weekend.
4: record at that point?
3: Uh, Batman Returns with 47 million counting previews. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and uh, it legged out all. Year for all intents and purposes, uh, it made 359 million dollars in North America alone, behind only ET, which had made 399, counting various re releases. So, technically, it made more money than any movie in its first release. Uh, it made, I think, about five, 925 worldwide for the it was the biggest grossing movie of all time globally. <sighs> <laughs> what was it ahead of at that point? Uh, it was the head of uh, ET, which yeah, did seven seventy five worldwide. Oh, well, um, of course, significant margin then. That, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it kept that milestone until Titanic in nineteen ninety seven. Obviously. And it was the second biggest uh, grossing movie of all time until 1999 with The Phantom Menace, that huge flop that nobody liked, obviously, was the second biggest grossing movie between Jurassic Park and uh, Titanic. Uh, and then Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone made in 975, taking second place. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it was the biggest grossing movie of the year. One of the you know, the biggest grossing movie of all time. It was, you know, it was one of those blockbusters that everybody saw more than once. Even people that did not know movie scores could um the theme, both themes, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, and the, um, and yeah, you know, it, and Terminator two, to a certain extent kicked off this era of, look what we can do now. Yeah. And both of those films, as well as Independence Day, the dirty secret is that most of those effects were practical. You know, they only use computer effects when they absolutely had to. Or when it was something they really they could make it look better with computer effects versus whatever other tools they had at their disposal. I mean to
4: T2's credit, like i actually memorable image is the t 1000 doing stuff. I mean that
3: was an example of yeah, because you could take computer effects and make it look, you know. Amazing, I'm, I'm always shocked because when I was a kid, the most impressive effect for T2 was was those, those like the gunshot wounds on the T1000. Yeah, and then you realize it's just fucking tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> I point that
4: out uh, just because it's like alien to me compared to a dinosaur, which existed to some degree. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, T1000 is like that's
3: not a thing. Like that's something uh, that made up. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's 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 yeah. I mean, it was a. St- gigantic smash hit it it sort of revived steven spielberg's career in terms of being king of the blockbuster mm-hmm. um and then you know several months later schindler's list gave him the acclaim and oscar glory that he had been seeking had been denied is this his
1: best year then because he oh, yeah. dominates the box office and the oh, yeah oscar i mean like, look i a- love
3: munich and i like war of the worlds but you know there's no comparison Uh, You know, I, you know, catch me if you can and and minority report Report in 2002. Terrific. Both smash hits, both well liked, but and again, any other director that would have a two for like War of the Worlds in Munich would be like, Holy fucking shit. i right. And for him, it's like, it went pretty well. You're
1: also like, well, there's only James Cameron could do it with one picture instead of two. Like, that's he's like, Oh, yeah, Steven, I'm gonna do it with one. The thing we're too
4: commonly trying to look at, though, is the fact that it's a year for some of those, like War of the Worlds, but really, it's like 18 months for three movies that he's doing in some of these.
1: Yeah, movies. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. It's,
4: well, and like, that's what's insane to me. It's like, yeah, okay, two movies wait three movies in 18 months, and they're all like, because it's what? It's like AI, Catch Me If You Can, and Minority Report, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And same with like, what is it? It's, it's um, technically Hook, and, it's, you know, it's, it's, from it's Hook to Schindler's it. List is two years. Yeah, well, but it's like it's like Lost World, Amistad, and Saving Private Ryan is also another like eighteen yeah. months. Like it's insane. Like, well, and
1: then there's like the post, the post and Ready Player One were like four months. Yeah, like apart, it was crazy. Yeah, and
4: like Tintin and War Horse are right next to. I mean, yeah, same like, week, 10 right? Like, dude, 10 yeah. dude is busy. Like and he, and he's,
3: not, <laughs> he's not phoning it in. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Uh, maybe he's got like an ADHD like me. Where it's like once you start cleaning, you can't stop.
4: Well, hell, like once you know West West
3: Side Story. Once he st- that just got delayed. Once he stopped, he just went right into Fableman's. Right? Yeah, a <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like, guy doesn't pause. <laughs> um, and you know it's it, it's I've always wondered, and this is just pure conjecture on my part, but I've always wondered when you watch Indie Three and Hook. And you realize, you, know, you you wonder what he's trying to say about his relationship with his parents and his attempts to be, quote unquote, a better parent, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And considering he was in somewhat of an artistic and commercial slump, I always wonder if Jurassic Park and Schindler's List hadn't just had pulled him back to the top of the food chain, if he had been, you know, maybe if he had not retired, but sort of pulled back a little bit. Um there's a lot of stuff because it's like it's
4: not just the parents of it, it's also he has a huge d- d- giant divorce. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> like like an astronomically expensive divorce. Yeah. <laughs> like, um in the midst of being like, I'm also working with you know, with um Zalian on my fucking you know epic Jew movie. Like, like
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I have a lot going on in my head right now, guys. Let me pl- please, Robin
3: Williams, call me at night to tell me jokes. I need.
4: <laughs>
3: <you>. <laughs> I forgot about that. But no, I mean that this is all you know. Thirty-year-old conjecture. Obviously, if anything, I mean the twin successes of Schindler's List and Jurassic Park launched him into a bigger and better era. I mean, yes, we all love E.T., we all love Jaws, we all love Close Encounters and what have mm-hmm. you, but in, again, the deal, and we all say this all the time, it's like any filmmaker that would have made films only as good as Minority Report and only as good as Catch a Movie Can, etc., etc., would have been, you know, yeah, he may be the greatest of all time. And he just came out with one of his very best movies. Yeah, and Nobody saw in theaters. Back-to-back but-
4: back years. Yeah. Back to back about, years. In terms of like both scale and like yeah, and getting you know, being Mr. Blockbuster is one thing, but being a journeyman director who can yeah. not only go from different genres, but like succeed in the way that he has, where you have how many fucking like nine director nominations and yeah. <laughs> all the,
3: it's like I mean, nothing <laughs> and obviously part of this is because the academy likes steven spielberg correctly so but every single quote-unquote serious picture that he has directed after Amistad has been nominated for best picture mm-hmm. um obviously radio player one was rob but i digress um too serious is what they said what was that too serious is what they do. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he's fucking Spielberg.
4: Yeah.
3: And, at th- you know, apparently he's not done yet. Oh. So what's number two at the box office? Yeah. Dave? I nope. don't fucking know. Hold on a second. <laughs> Probably Cliffhanger or something. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Rock on. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cliffhanger was, it 7. was hang six-
1: on, but yeah.
3: Yes. Uh, seven point six million dollars in its third weekend, bringing its total up to forty nine million. It would eventually top out at about eighty three. Uh, Made in America would make four point seven, and look it's that weekend. thing run. Look at that, look that movie! It'd like Made in is number three of the week at the Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the people went to the out. movies. Yeah. There was room for everything.
4: I, it just it feels like that's one that's like, oh, that's that dirty Will Smith movie. It was
1: <laughs> a decent
2: hit. Like, yes. it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: Speaking of shitty movies, Guilty as Sin was number four, with right. 3.6 million for an 11.4 million 10 day total. Dave had 3 million in its sixth yeah. weekend, top 52 million. Mass Society dropped 20% in its third weekend, adding 27 screens for a $2.6 million weekend and $12.8 million seven day, 17 day total. Life with Mikey would drop a whopping, for this time, 41% in the second weekend for a $7 million 10-day total. Hot Shots Part 2 would make $2 million, dropping 53%, losing 300 screens. Which, weirdly enough, Life with Mikey would gain 353 screens in the second weekend it just and still drop 41%. Guys. That's what the problem was. It needed more screens. Exactly. Yes. Sliver would make 2 million, and Super Mario Brothers would lose 200 screens in its third weekend, would earn $1.7 million, dropping 59% for a $17 million, 17 day total.
1: Dinos book in the top 10.
3: Oh, because you know, uh, what's love got to do with it? Which I think we're talking about next week. Yes, would open in fifty-eight screens for a whopping twenty-one thousand dollars per screen average, which is actually a little bit higher than you know Jurassic Park, which made nineteen thousand five hundred sixty-one dollars per screen on its mm. two thousand four hundred screen release. Um, anyway, what's love got to do with it? One point two two million dollars after three days, and in thirteenth fucking place is Unforgiven
1: which oh, is geez. sticking
3: around uh despite opening in august of 1992 how many, uh, how many it was did... about to cross the 100 million dollar mark
4: how many screens did carnosaur had this week uh Zero. zero.
1: but orlando and romper stompard equinox all hit the top 20 uh yes by default
3: uh orlando would earn 107 thousand dollars in three screens Robber Stopper would earn eight thousand two hundred dollars in one screen, and Equinox would earn sixty three hundred dollars in a single screen. Oh, uh, wow. Orlando would eventually make five million dollars domestic, and the other two would make pennies. I'm trying to get
4: sixty three hundred dollars for <laughs> so if it's like what five dollars, it's like a cheap tickets back then too ninety three right? It's not mm-hmm. too expensive. It's-
3: I'm it's- guessing it was people sneaking into Super Mario Brothers.
4: <laughs> I mean, that honestly might part be, partially be the case that they're just All buying right. it for the movie because they can't get your Park
3: tickets. Yes, yes, yes. Don't explain the joke here. Sure.
4: <laughs> I was, to, I was to trying to think of, like, how is it making even that amount of money? Like, yeah, I, I, on you're, one, you're, you're correct. <laughs> um, what theater is being jam packed with Modine fans for this weekend? <laughs> Not Cutthroat Island. Sad oh, to say. Man. <laughs>
3: Oh,
1: we oh. need that equinox box office, Matthew. You got that in you for a pirate movie,
3: yeah? <laughs> because everyone else said no. Like
4: it could be like a college, like paid for a theater, like that's where that money like <laughs> be just to be. be. Like that's, that's that's what it feels like. It's how much oh. the rental. Cost. Can
1: I show my Back, movie exactly. here?
4: That's what it could be just to yeah,
1: 6,000 bucks. All right. Well, looks like we got a, we made some bank this weekend. Yeah, you know, like
4: you get a busker on the street being like, come here. I've got a ticket for you.
1: <laughs> Equinox. No, is... it's not the one you want to see. Matthew Modine, you know? Yeah. That you get guy? two Modines price of one. Come on in. Come oh. on in. Uh, Oh, you like Twin Peaks, huh? Well, Laura Flamboyo, she's in this movie. Come on down. It's Equinox. All right. Well, oh, excuse me. And that yawn tells us it's time to end the episode, and that'll do it for June 11th through 13th, 1993. Scott and Aaron, thank you for joining me. As always, always a pleasure. Before we sign out, uh, let people know where they keep up with you, Aaron. I write for a website called We Live Entertainment. I
4: am the senior editor over there. I also write for Why So Blue. Uh, you can find all my various movie reviews, blue reviews, and Criterion reviews on these various sites. I host a podcast called Out Now with Aaron and Abe with my friend Abe. We talk about the weekly movie releases. All of my stuff can be found on thecodeazique.com. That is my personal blog where everything I do ends up. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. All right,
3: Scott. Oh, I'm at therap.com. And I can be found on Twitter at Ask Scott
1: Mendelssohn. All right, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brad4KUHD. My written work is at ysoblue.com like Aaron's. We run the front page. And uh, tune in next week as Arnold Schwarzenegger, while in a forest, asked us what love's got to do with any of this. Uh, all that and more as the summer of 93 at 30 continues. <laughs>